Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Holy moly, holy smokes, here we are. It's ridiculous history. Technically, it's winter here in Atlanta. And I got to say, the winter's not hitting us that hard yet, right? Hi, I'm Ben. Is it the winter of our discontent, Ben? It may well be. Is that Shakespeare or Abraham Lincoln? Who said that? Uh, Shakespeare, I think. Richard III, as spoken by, I know, here, now here we go, we get, let's get into another fun pronunciation. Gloucester, or is it Gloucester? G-L-O-U-C-E-S-T-R. Gloucester. Gloucester. I believe. There you go. Uh, correct us if we're wrong. I'm Noel, by the way, and mm. as you said, Ben, this is Ridiculous History, and today we're talking about cannibals. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> no bearing the lead here. No, I, I guess we're just jumping straight to it, but before we do, there's our super producer, Casey Pegram. <laughs> In spirit, uh, Casey had to Casey had to make a run, but he'll be back. We understand this is Lebouche related business, so we won't ask too many questions. Before we get to cannibalism, let's start with uh, let's ease into cannibalism uh, through a little bit of U.S. history or what used to be called the New World. So we know. We know that a lot of children growing up in public school were taught this sort of sanitized version of colonialism, right? Like the indigenous people, these European colonists getting together, having some kumbaya moments, mm-hmm. and that was very much not the case. A little bit of maize, you know, mm-hmm. some some turkeys. A cornucopia. Yeah, all that stuff. They were politely asked to, you know, get a move on. No, that, that's not how, how it went down at all. Um, but I'll tell you another sort of sanitizing uh, is the idea that uh, European settlers had it easy. Exactly. So this is the thing. People moving from Europe, from whichever country they were coming from, uh, to the New World, as they would call it, North and South America, found themselves very much in an alien environment. 
They were unfamiliar with the ecosystem. They were unfamiliar with the flora and the fauna. And many times, early settlers were starving. We're talking about resorting to eating um, not rats. Just, yeah, rats, uh, dogs, mm. family pets, uh, even boiling shoe leather to subsist on that, which is a thing you can do. You can't, that would really do that. Would, would that actually provide you some nourishment? I mean, there's a reason you don't see it as a special at your local restaurant, but uh, yeah. In a pinch. In a pinch. Interesting. In a very difficult pinch. Today's story is about Jamestown, Jamestown, Virginia. Now, of course, Jamestown was not the first successful permanent settlement. Uh, in what would become the United States. That prize goes to St. Augustine in Florida, which was founded by the Spanish in 1565. Have you ever been there, by I the way? Not. It's pretty cool. It's pretty. It's got some history to it. Anyway, that's, that's a story for another day, right? Uh, so let's get the lay of the land. What brought England, how did they become the driving force in Jamestown's establishment? Right. So at the beginning of the 17th century, um, England was not doing such a hot job when it came to colonizing America. Spain, obviously first to the party in that respect, was kind of the main player controlling vast swaths of this new world um, in addition to South America, Central America, Mexico even, and, and parts of the Caribbean that had a settlement in Florida there. The Spanish um, – we're beginning to also eyeing kind of what is now considered the American Southwest. And the French were even starting to explore Canada. So with the British, you know, being noticeably behind, they decided they really needed to, to get behind the eight ball here. So they decided to establish a permanent English colony in North America in the form of Jamestown, which would have been founded in May of 1607. Um, just over 100 settlers um, came on three different ships, the Susan Constant, the Godspeed, and the Discovery. And they uh, settled on a very, very narrow uh, little finger of land in the Jamestown. James River Peninsula. They built themselves the kind of infrastructure you would think would be necessities for a, uh, a small kind of upstart colony, things like storehouses, forts, sort of fortifying themselves so they could protect themselves from any attacks, and of course, a church and some small houses. And everything was terrible. It really, really yeah, was terrible. Everything was terrible. The uh, settlers were in a constant state of emaciation, near starvation. Also, again, I cannot overemphasize how alien this land was to them. There were diseases with which they were unfamiliar. You can read reports about this on LiveScience.com and also on History.com. Look, of the, what, what do we say, 104 people arrive aboard three ships you know, the Godspeed Discovery, the Susan Constant, which is like the coolest name. Of those 104, nine months later, only 38 people were alive. And there's some research that says a lot of the problems 
and the fatalities can be attributed to contaminated drinking water. There was human waste in the drinking water. Even today, sanitation kills millions of people each year. There's a lack of. There's a crazy conspiracy theory. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little more than a theory at this point, um, though it hasn't been 100% proven that, you know, we mentioned all of these different countries vying for superiority mm-hmm. in the new world, Spain being first and foremost, controlling so much of the land. Uh, there's a theory that secret agents of Spain actually poisoned the well uh, at Uh. Jamestown with arsenic. And there were uh, very high but varying levels of arsenic found uh, in trace amounts in uh, the groundwater near that fort. And that's that's fascinating. You know, you have to wonder about the ruthlessness and prescience that would take on the Spanish side. But even if the Spanish Empire had no hand in this, played no part in it, the timing for the colonists was also... Terrible. The worst possible timing. They arrived in the middle of one of the worst droughts in hundreds of years. So even if they were used to hard agricultural work, the the hard work of farming and plowing and harvesting, they would have had a tough time. Notice I said even if they were. They were very unfamiliar with this. They were dependent upon supplies from other boats arriving from Europe as well as any trade they could conduct with the people who were already living there, the the First Nations, the indigenous people of the land. And they did not, spoiler, uh, they did not do a great job of keeping those diplomatic channels open. By the winter of 1609, which was just like, what, two years later, uh, they had already kind of irreparably damaged their relations with members of the local uh, indigenous community. And they were still being haunted by drought. Uh, They were still, as you said, just drinking arsenic in the water along with human waste. And the ship that was supposed to feed them was lost Mm. in the Atlantic. Yeah, a real perfect storm. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on-demand, temp-to-hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. 
You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right. No, it's it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So the, from 1609 to 1610 is a period referred to in the history and some of the records as the starving time. The leadership of the colony was in absolute disarray. And the the, the Powhatan Indians, because of that poorly uh, cultivated relationship, killed two of every three colonists at, at the fort there. So it, it was just absolute hell on earth. The trade relations they had with the tribes uh, – of the Virginia Indians was also not very good. So they really had no recourse at all without any outside assistance. Yeah. For the first two years, 1607 to 1609, Captain John Smith was able to trade European manufactured goods for corn. This would have been the leader of the colony. Mm -hmm. But he also was a real pill and the tribal communities did not care for this. So the Virginia company knew that people were running short of food. They sent a fleet of nine ships to the colony in July of 1609. They brought enough supplies to last through the winter. They also brought new colonists, which I guess is sort of replacing the population because so many people had died or were dying. A hurricane came. That's not a quote from Hamilton. That's a real thing. The The fleet got damaged. Uh, the Sea Venture, which we mentioned or I alluded to earlier, the largest ship was shipwrecked on Bermuda, and it was carrying a bulk of supplies and also a lot of uh, three prominent leaders. By mid-August, some of these nine ships arrive at Jamestown, and although they lost a ton of supplies, guess what they didn't lose? 300 colonists. So now there are 300 more mouths to feed. Mm, mm-mm. Just adding insult to injury there. So uh, at this point, our boy Captain John um, really did himself, did a number on himself when a uh, mysterious gunpowder explosion injured him uh, quite significantly. And he had to return to England in October. Um, and he never would return. George Percy became the new president of the Jamestown Council and really just stepped into an absolute mess, as as, as we know. Um, there was uh, just this, the food supply was completely depleted. There were these very cantankerous relationships with, with the native people. Uh, the chief of the Powhatan had actually um, instructed his warriors to attack any livestock or uh, members of the colony who were spotted outside of the fort. Um, so it was just an absolute 
untenable situation. They had targets on their backs. Um, disease was running rampant. Um, the numbers were dwindling. And now, as you mentioned, Ben, now their numbers were increased uh, way beyond what their supplies could sustain. So it was really, really just getting absolutely dire. And they were forced to do some serious rationing of the supplies they did have. Right. And we have both statements from Percy at the time, as well as statements in retrospect. At the time, he said, look, if we give everybody just half a can of meal a day, then maybe we can make it halfway through winter. And he said, to satisfy our cruel hunger, we have to, you know, colonists have gone in the woods looking for serpents, snakes, wild, unknown roots. But these people are cut off and slain by by what he called the salvages. Add to this disease, right? Because starvation weakens your immune system. So people start falling prey to typhoid, to dysentery. Colonists eat shoe leather. They kill the horses that were brought from England during the summer. And Percy would later describe this in the following way. Having fed upon our horses and other beasts as long as they lasted, we are glad to make shift with vermin as dogs, cats, rats, and mice as to eat boot shoes or any other leather. So what this is showing us is a unsustainable, untenable situation, as you mentioned earlier, Noel, it's also showing us an escalation, an increasing desperation. And at this point, we want to say for our more sensitive listeners, we are including some graphic material here. Because, of course, eventually, just like the starvation in the DPRK in the 1990s, Eventually, the people ran out of dogs and cats and mice and leather, and they had one thing left. Because let's not forget, I mean, this was just an absolute frozen wasteland at this point. I mean, these creatures would have had just as hard a time surviving, especially when they became, you know, the food source for these starving colonists. So, yeah, what is left, Ben? I mean, you know, they only have a finite amount of of things that they can turn to and things are just getting desperate and they're so very isolated and they make that choice that we read about in fiction. You know, um, the the idea that you're so desperate that you turn to your fellow man and woman um, to sustain you. And you have to start making those choices as to who gets to live and who has to die. And, and for the benefit of, of those who are maybe more healthy and stronger, who could carry on. Yeah, we have uh, we have one recording from Captain Smith that we'll just read the following to you. One amongst the rest did kill his wife, powdered her, and had eaten part of her before it was known, for which he was executed as he well deserved. That's a relief. That part was us. And he continues, he says, Now whether she was better roasted, boiled, or carbonadoed, which was their word for barbecue, I know not, but of such a dish as powdered wife I had never heard of. That's from Mental Floss, and that sounds almost fictitious, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, that is one of the most macabre things I've ever heard, especially when you, you know, connect it up with the fact that that was actually a a genuine account. Mm Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, we we have had these accounts of cannibalism in Jamestown for 
a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but only recently did we really get the grisly, you know, proof um, that a lot of this stuff did take place. And we'll get to that. But here's another account from George Percy. Um, he wrote this in 1925 after this type of behavior had begun. And it's a little in the uh, an old English, I guess, type style. Um, well, not old English. I don't know. Just kind of a dated uh, dialect. But I'm going to do my best to read it. Um, and now famine beginning to look ghastly and pale in every face that nothing was spared to maintain life and to do those things that seem incredible as to dig up dead corpses out of graves and to eat them. And some have licked up the blood which hath fallen from their weak fellows. Mm. Oh, it's bleak. It's heavy. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on-demand, temp-to-hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car. I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, You know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. 
And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The thing is, we don't just have Percy and Smith writing about this. There are multiple other accounts that you can find today that refer to cannibalism at Jamestown during this time. Now, when we talk about cannibalism, if anyone's interested in the grisly story of this, we recommend the cannibalism episode of Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, which uh, analyzes the reports of cannibalism, analyzes the types of cannibalism. Without going too far into the grisly, morbid weeds here, uh, we want to establish that this is a type of cannibalism known as survival cannibalism. It's not ritualized. It's not a ceremonial thing to commune with ancestors or to reinforce any spiritual belief. This is, as Percy said, a matter of survival. But for a long time, as I believe you alluded to earlier, Noel, we had no solid proof. We just had multiple accounts of people saying that someone else did it. You know what I mean? We didn't have anybody writing something along the lines of a first-person experience with cannibalism, just that, you know, this person killed their wife, uh, these other people are victimizing the weak. In earlier excavations at the Jamestown site, which has been extensively analyzed, there were bodies of dogs and horses and cats that they could determine were consumed during this winter, the starving times, 1609 to 1610. But it wasn't until August of 2012 that archaeologists working for the Preservation Virginia Jamestown Rediscovery Project found some fragments. They found skeleton fragments belonging to a girl who was around, probably around the age of 14 when she died. She was buried in a trash-filled cellar inside the Jamestown Fort. And, you know, like you said earlier, the Jamestown Fort is on the on Jamestown Island. It's pretty small. It's 22 and a half acres. After they were examining these bones, a physical anthropologist working for the Smithsonian named Douglas Owsley noticed something. He said, you know, the girl's remains, her skull, her jaw, leg bone, they bore some disturbing marks. They had marks of... Um, yeah, marks of a man-made cutting instrument. Like butchery, mm-hmm. essentially. Like hacking exactly. from the outside uh, that would have been so violent. Um, I'm picturing the scene and scraping off the meat, uh, which would have left additional, you know, uh, tra- traumas to, to the bones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so according to Owsley, we can glean a bit about the situation and context from reading the remains here. Owsley says that the chops to the forehead were tentative and incomplete, which to him indicates that there was some hesitance there. 
But then the body was turned over and there were multiple strikes to the back of the head. And then there was a wound made to the left temple, which was most likely the, the point of these blows was to, uh, was to open the skull uh, and retrieve the brain for consumption. Yeah, um, and this is something that's still a topic of pretty hot debate among historians. Owsley told the Smithsonian uh, that given that these bones were found in a trash pit, um, all cut and chopped up, he says to quote him, it's clear that this body was dismembered for consumption. So while everything isn't known about what would have gone into this process. It's a lot of kind of post-mortem reverse engineering detective work. Um, we don't know who the girl was exactly. They're calling her Jane. Um, also not sure whether she was murdered. Uh, again, my, my thought is maybe some of these folks might have been sickly and dying and they just got that blow to the back of the head to take them out. Or possibly she could have died of natural causes, uh, whether there this was a, an individual acting alone who would have done this uh, butchery or whether it was something that was a little more organized. That's not clear either. Right, because it goes back to uh, social dynamics when we're talking about survival cannibalism. You know, this debate continues. Uh, we know, however, that the attacks on the skull – were almost certainly meant just to be a, a, a way of accessing the brain or the flesh for consumption. It wasn't necessarily murder just for murder's sake because at the time, brain matter from other animals was considered a delicacy. And that's why the settlers may have gone straight for this uh, poor child's head. And one thing that is hopefully reassuring, maybe a bit of a cold comfort is that we know with a good degree of certitude that the child was dead before they started conducting cannibalism because there were no indications of a struggle. You know what I mean? No wounds uh, to her body that would show she was defending herself. Correct. That's right. They also, however, know that whoever was doing this uh, this was probably their first rodeo. They did not appear to be experienced uh, in any kind of butchering or dressing of an animal. Uh, and like you said, Noel, it's it's clear that this body was destroyed for one thing, but we don't know very much about this victim. We know that we're calling this person Jane, but we don't know very much about Jane. We can hypothesize a bit or theorize when we ask ourselves what series of terrible events could have led to this grisly fate. So as we said, in 1609, there was a second fleet of ships leaving Plymouth. They had reinforcements. Seven of the nine ships survived the hurricane, landed at Jamestown in mid-August. They had those 300 colonists. They had lost their biggest supply ships. They believed that this child had arrived on one of those seven surviving ships. And it looks like we should pause here. You know, that's right, folks. 
This is a two-parter. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, say what you will about two-parters and that they're an afterthought. That's not entirely true. It might be a little bit true, but you know what? It helps us out because we do two a week, and it's the holiday time. And it's, well, I, you know, I can't speak for anyone but myself. It doesn't, to, to me, it feels more like an opportunity for us to go longer because we get to this point where we want to tell the whole story, want to give you more facts, more context, want to dive in. But sometimes it's too much for one episode. I agree. You know, so I so we hope that you enjoy part one. Please tune in to part two. Please, please, please tune in to part two. We promise that we have a nice ending at the end. I know, I know. This one's really getting a little dark, but it does. There is a, there is a bit of a silver lining coming up for you. Um, you can uh, join the conversation about this part and subsequent parts and any other part or episode that we do on Ridiculous History in our Facebook group, Ridiculous Historians, where you can post memes. Real good group of folks there to engage with. We pop on there pretty regularly, and even young quiz. Himself, Jonathan Strickland, the Quizster, uh, is a bit of a lurker there, and he might even insult you if you if you want him to, <laughs> or if you don't, you know, he's a, a hot take Strickland, <laughs> as we call it. Uh, you can also find me or Noel as individuals on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter. I'm Instagram at Ben Bullen. I'm Twitter at Ben Bullen HSW. You can find me exclusively on Instagram at How Now Noel Brown. Big thanks to Alex Williams who composed our theme. Uh, Gabe Luzier, our fabulous research associate. Uh, Christopher Hasiotis here in spirit. Jonathan Strickland, that devious quizster. Um, also here in spirit, sort of in the form of like a weird funky miasma that just sort of fills up the corners of the podcast uh, uh, shipping container. You mean Jonathan? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A.K.A. The Quister. Of course, big thanks to super producer Casey Pegram. Uh, thanks to Eve's Jeffcoat. And thanks to all of the fantastic, hardworking researchers who are helping us learn more about what actually happened in this wide old world before we arrived. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X visit tomboyx.com. This episode of ridiculous history is brought to you by Avalon waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am. And, uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry. And that is my friend, smaller ships. 
True story, the intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. 